It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 241. Um, Quantum podcast that looks at news and views from throughout the world. Uh, arts, culture and many, many other things. Uh, I apologise that the sound on this may not be as good as usual. I've had to record this somewhere else and also uh, my voice is a bit worn. But... I think we're going to call this one What's Going Down. This is Buffalo Springfield. There's something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going Everybody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind the Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to look at what's going down. There is so, so much stuff. There's something happening here, but what it is isn't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop. Children, what's that sound? Everybody look. What's going down? It's, yeah, there's so much. There, there's so much in the world that's distressing, so much that's good. Uh, this is distressing. This is from Indonesia. At least 17 people, including two children, have died in a fire at a fuel storage station in Indonesia's capital. More than 50 emergency firefighting units were dispatched. The blaze broke out just after 8pm local time, burning nearby homes. Thousands of residents were evacuated to safety. 50 people that was last Saturday. The there was a fire at a large fuel depot, the Plumpang fuel storage station in northern Jakarta which supplies about 25% of Indonesia's fuel. It burned, there was a fire there that burned for over two hours. Um, it apparently was caused by a leaking gas pipe. It's a, a terrible tragedy and one of many tragedies that go on throughout the world. Now, there are some tragedies that you, it, it's almost impossible to grasp the scale of them. Um, I wonder if you recognize this film. In a country shattered by war. US bombs, you sure? I think many, many dead, I don't know. And torn by revolution. After what the Khmer Rouge have been through, I don't think they're going to be exactly affectionate toward Westerners. Two men would learn the price of survival. They say that when this place goes up, they think that a lot of people are going to get killed. Of freedom. Change my photograph for a photograph of Pran, and he's a British subject. And friendship. All foreign journalists are going to leave Cambodia. I won't leave you. I try to escape to Thailand right now. That's The Killing Fields. Uh, it, an extraordinary film. 
about an extraordinary situation. Now, I read a book of the same name about the church in Kampuchea or Cambodia. I remember myself being at Edinburgh Uni when we held, sounds such a stupid thing to do now, but we held a sit-in for Kampuchea. Um, and I remember going to a prayer meeting in a church in Edinburgh, Buckley and Greyfriars Free Church, and feeling a bit discouraged and depressed about a couple of things, exams and so on. And a man stood up to speak, and he was from Kampuchea, Cambodia. And he told his story of being a doctor, I think, and being put into a prison camp and living off a quarter of a can of rice a day for three years, and all his family being killed and eventually escaping and coming to the West, where he discovered that his sister had come to the West and she, he had become a Christian, and so had she. It was an amazing story. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up just now is not because of anything particular in the news, other than an article from Sean Thomas, an extraordinary article in The Spectator. And he talks about the tree, it was called the baby bashing tree, or in the killing fields of Chongyik. And basically babies were just smashed against that tree. It, it, it is almost indescribable to describe the cruelty of it. But I want to read you the last paragraph. Well, not the last paragraph. For example, people caught with snails in their pockets were killed. People were killed for having sex or being happy or laughing. It is estimated the Khmer Rouge slaughtered about two to three million people in a population of eight million. And we've forgotten about all of this. We've forgotten that this was Marxism. And he writes, and I want to read you his paragraph. Just as we teach children about Hitler, the knee plus ultra of right-wing nationalism, they need to be taught about the ultimate left-wing cruelties of the Khmer Rouge and the horrors of Pol Pot. That is to say, we need to take young people from the cocktail bars of modern Phnom Penh down that long literary suburban road to a sunlit stupa full of human skulls, to trenches gleaming with human teeth, to the place where babies were smashed to death in the name of Karl Marx and Chairman Mao, the saucepan man and moon face of communism. We need to show them the satanic faraway tree. I agree absolutely completely with that. Okay, we're still in Asia. We're gonna take a wee break. Uh, that's pretty heavy stuff. I want you to listen to some Mongolian heavy metal. Yep, you heard right. This is The Who. I think it's Hugh, actually. It's spelled H-U, anyway.
that's a song called Uve Uve U. Um, this is a heavy metal band that uses Mongolian throat singing, folk tradition, uses Mongolian folk instruments, as well as, of course, traditional heavy metal instruments. And uh, they are astonishingly popular throughout the world. Uh, they sing in Mongolian as well, which I think is just absolutely fabulous. Uh, the singer and flautist Yaya says this in an article I read, we're spreading a positive message of peace. Um, we sing about loving your elders and respecting your environment. <laughs> I just think that. I love that. I love the fact that they were also awarded the Genghis Khan, uh, on the honour of Genghis Khan award in 2019. I'm not sure I'd be um, celebrating Genghis Khan. And then another interesting fact I thought was fascinating. There are more humans, maybe Mongolian, than we thought. A genetic study from 2003 suggests that one in 200 people is descended from Genghis Khan. Wow. Okay, let's come to Europe. And I, and I, and I want to cover this purely and simply because I haven't heard it being covered elsewhere. I think I saw this, well, much elsewhere. I think I saw this on Indian, on some Indian news that someone sent me. And I'm, I'm curious as to why the BBC and the ABC don't cover this. There have been angry scenes in Brussels as EU farmers protest over falling milk and meat prices. Eggs and firecrackers were thrown at police while burning straw bales filled the air with smoke. All this as agriculture ministers met to discuss the problems. 86% of the Danish milk farmers are ne nearly broke. So uh, we hope we get help here today. We want a level playing field, so um, the level playing field has to be right at, um, in every uh, 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 member state in the European Union. And in uh, Holland we have higher costs than uh, our European colleagues, and that's the reason why we are here right now. There are calls for more direct government help as well as a return of quotas but they've been ruled out. I'll just remind you to what Commissioner Hogan said in the press conference that he held almost two weeks ago about that issue. He said that uh, milk quotas are gone for good. Brussels was brought to a halt last week when thousands of farmers and their tractors came in to protest. Uh, they're, they're, look, the farmers are being battered by their governments. It's so crazy. There's gonna be a shortage of food in the world and European farmers who are so successful because of the global net zero policies, they are being hammered. There are other reasons as well, but that appears to be the main one. And I, it, to me, there was a kind of crazy extreme ideology of Pol Pot, but I think there's a very dangerous ideology which is uh, going to cause immense harm to humanity. All right, I want to look at a couple of deaths, um, both in the music industry. First, this is, I, I, I needed no excuse whatsoever to play this song. I'll play it again. But I think it's the first time we've used this. This is Pulp and Common People. She came from Greece, she had the thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's what I She said, I want to live like common people. I 
the bass guitarist for Pulp has died, aged only 56. I love the lyrics of that song and I love the way that it builds. Never live like common people, never do what common people do, never fail like common people. You'll never watch your sl life slide out of you. This is a guy singing to his posh girlfriend who basically, oh, wants to live like the poor. Um, you'll never watch your life slide out of you and then dance and drink and screw because there's nothing else to do. Sing along with the common people, sing along and it might just get you through. Laugh along with the common people, laugh along even though they're really laughing at you and the stupid things that you do because you think that poor is cool. There is such a thing as poverty porn, we see that in Christian circles as well, where people say, oh I have to go and work with the poor. Well, as Pulp sing, you will never understand how it feels to live your life with no meaning or control and with nowhere left to go. You're amazed that they exist and they burn so bright, well you can only wonder why. Cause everybody hates a tourist Especially one who thinks it's all such a laugh Yeah, and the chips days of grease Will come out in the bath You will never understand How it feels to live your life With no meaning or control And with nowhere left to go answer for the poor is God. I know that the Lord has a particular bias towards the poor. We have a, um, an election in Scotland, or there is an election in Scotland for the First Minister. And I, I've written a couple of articles on this, but it seems to me that many of the candidates prefer, or the politicians, prefer to talk about pronouns rather than poverty. Well, that's the common people. And then um, this next song if you have any musical knowledge or taste at all, within two notes, 
you will know what it is and you'll be able to sing along. Listen to this. is Leonard Skinnerd, Sweet Home Alabama, one of the great rock songs, I think, of all time, one of the great pop songs. Their uh, guitarist, Gary Rossington, has died. I think he was the last member of the original Skinnerd. Uh, several of them were killed in a plane accident in the 1970s. Um, but he's, he's died as well. But it's a fabulous song and Anytime I've been in Alabama, across the border, of course you've got to sing it. Okay, let's come on to conversion therapy. Now, we're going to cover this a fair bit over the next few weeks. Why? Well, again, I've written some articles about this, but it's because even more than euthanasia, conversion therapy has become the kind of in thing for progressives in terms of government. So you've got conversion therapy laws in Victoria, they're coming in Tasmania, almost certainly in New South Wales, here in Australia, uh, in Scotland, Humza Yousaf has promised that they're coming. Now what is really interesting about this is what we mean by it and what we mean by conversion therapy. I keep asking people and they don't know, they keep saying it was a bad thing. Now in most people's minds it carries the idea of torture or you know, seeking to psychologically brainwash someone from being gay or whatever, which I would argue is obviously wrong, but that's not what they mean by conversion therapy. It's a code that they speak. And what they actually say, and the Scottish government's proposals on this, their, their consultation document, says that conversion therapy is anything that would seek to change, suppress, or, I can't remember what the other word was, but inhibit, that's right, any form of sexuality. Now you, you need only to think about that for a minute to realise how crazy that is, and also what does that mean? So for example, as I, I've, I've mentioned this example many times, but if someone comes to me and says, let's say for example, uh, David, I'm gay, I'm struggling with that, 
I wouldn't send them for conversion therapy, but I would tell them exactly the same as I would say to someone who's heterosexual. In Christianity, we don't have sex outside marriage. So celibacy is the way forward. Now, under this new law that's being proposed in Scotland, I could go to jail for saying that. It's extraordinary. It really, the evil of it is extraordinary. And speaking of evil, um, this next bit may be a bit sexually explicit, so just be careful. Uh, just a, it's a short piece from the BBC. If we actually grapple with the fact that sex negativity is what causes this type of behavior, then we could create a world where in a sex, idyllically sex positive world, someone is able to pay conscious women to come and be drugged so that I can get my kink out, my, my fetish on having sex with unconscious people. There's a consensual way to do that. Now that's a, she calls herself a non-binary sex therapist who suggests this. Now you, you may not have picked up the words, so I'm gonna say this. To create a sex positive world where someone is able to pay conscious women to come and be drugged for a fetish for having sex with unconscious people. Imagine that. Imagine someone saying of the 47 sexualities or the 147 sexualities or the 14,000 sexualities, my sexuality is, I like to have sex with unconscious people. Under the Scottish law to suppress that, the proposed Scottish law, to suppress that, you'd be breaking the law. To inhibit that, you'd be breaking the law. And here's this woman saying, I just, it, it's the depth of the evil of it that utterly astounds me. And then, it's so funny, it's, it was International Women's Day. In fact, I think as I'm recording this is International Women's Day. It'll be gone by the time you hear this. But um, it amazes me how many political parties and politicians speak about Women's Day and can't say what a woman is. So here's the International Woman of the Year. In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. Yep, that's a man from Argentina being announced as the International Woman of the Year. And this is International Women's Day. Now, there's a very fascinating survey that's come out about liberal attitudes or attitudes in various countries. I think they looked at 26 countries. But on, they looked at issues like divorce, abortion, and so on. And what I found fascinating was how social attitudes have changed a lot in the UK. Um, the UK now ranks in the top four countries for considering divorce, abortion, euthanasia, suicide, and casual sex justifiable. Germans are the most, I can't believe this actually, Germans are the most liberal inverted commas in euthanasia, the French on suicide, I believe that. 48% of Australians think casual sex is justifiable, only 1% of Chinese people agree. Well, good for the Chinese. Nigerians are the least accepting of homosexuality and divorce, Egyptians oppose abortion and suicide most, and only 1% of South Koreans think prostitution is justifiable compared with more than a quarter of Australians. But get this, this is amazing. On homosexuality, in the UK, 65% think it's okay, but that means 35% think it isn't. That's a huge number. In Australia, 
it's 40% think it isn't. In the US, it's 55% think it isn't. In China, it's like 90% think it isn't. Extraordinary. I find that absolutely extraordinary. We have had decades of indoctrination about sexuality and homosexuality. And still in the UK, 35% of people think that it's not okay. That's an amazing statistic to me. Okay, um, let's come on and think about the church a little bit. Uh, International Women's Day again. I read an article saying that the first ever all-female audio version of the NIV Bible is launched. Why? Well, why in this instance is it's the brainchild of Reverend Katie Partridge, an Anglican curate in Bath, and each contributor brings her own style, accent, and interpretation, resulting in a unique blend of cultures, ethnicity, and church backgrounds representative of the worldwide Church of God. Well, I kind of see what they're getting at, but I also think... What are you doing in the Bible? This is the Bible. This is God's word. It's not your political project. I, I'm kind of, maybe I'm a, a, an outlier on this one, but I hate going into, I used to go into these bookshops in America and you had the youth Bible and the Christian dog walkers Bible and the, you could get loads and loads and loads of Bibles for everything except just Bibles. To me, there's simply, something deeply sad about turning the Bible into a commercial product or a political product. But I'll tell you this, not nearly as sad as this particular item. Here's Kenneth Copeland. We are with Inside Edition. I said, glory to God. You mean to tell me I made Inside Edition? I mean, th hey, this is one of my wife's favorite programs. Well, it used to be. I didn't lie. We just hadn't watched it in a long time. You know what got her attention? My airplane. Sound like anything familiar to you? <laughs> I had an opportunity right there on Inside Edition to talk about Abraham and his wealth, to talk about the, the curse of poverty at all. And it just went out everywhere because I own a big airplane. Now, well, Brother Copeland, you, you own a $45 million airplane. Yeah, but you don't know what I paid for it. <laughs> Nowhere near that. But it's the same airplane. <laughs> And Gloria designed a new interior for it. Sonny boy. <laughs> and a lot of you partners put us in it. Now, I don't know about you. I find that utterly nauseating. Here's a man smirking and mocking and joking about having a $45 million plane, justifying it because Abraham was wealthy and because poverty is a curse and boasting about how we got it at a bargain. It's still a $45 million plane. You're still a television evangelist. You're still somebody who's paid to preach the gospel and you are making millions out of it and buying yourself private planes with it. I, I find that utterly nauseating, I really do. You know, you say what's going down. I mean, I was talking about that, what's happening around. Well, we've talked about accidents. We've talked about massacres and genocide. 
We've talked about music and people dying. We've talked about farming and agriculture. We've talked about the, the whole danger of uh, people seeking to impose their sexual views on the whole of society, contrary to scripture. We've talked about how at social attitudes are changing. And that's not a good thing, by the way, generally. And we've talked about the church. Well, I just want to end with a couple of things. One is um, this from Nick Cave. Now, it sounds utterly miserable, but let's just listen to a little of it. And I hear stories from the chamber How Christ was born into a manger Acts of a ragged stranger Died upon the cross And might I say it seems so fitting In his way he was a carpenter by That was Nick Cave uh, live in Copenhagen, a phenomenal concert. And that's a song about the throne of mercy, um, the mercy seat it's called. They came and took me from my home and put me in dead row. It's a song of a prisoner of which I'm nearly wholly innocent of, you know, and I'll say it again, I'm not afraid to die. I began to warm and chill to objects in their fields, a ragged cup, a twisted mop, the face of Jesus in my soup. I just, I, I love his lyrics. In heaven his throne is made of gold, the ark of his testament is stowed, a throne from which I'm told all history does unfold. Down here it's made of wood and wire, and, and my body is on fire, and God is never far away. Into the mercy seat I climb. incredibly powerful and beautiful and strong song um, and I think of the mercy seat you know we need to cry out to God to have mercy on us when I watch what's going on in society and you know I do feel it when you see what's going down it's it doesn't cause you to just switch away it, it's a burden it's heavy and you have to look away and you have to look to Christ and that's the only way that you'll really be free and so I think we will leave you with this song. Uh, again, we'll go back to Leonard Skinner. And again, I'm thinking back to my time as a student in the University of Edinburgh and this song, Free Bird, you'd go to a party and we'd have these big speakers and I'd lie down in the middle of the floor and Free Bird would start and it builds up very slow and then you get a bit to the guitar solo and it just goes on for ages. I think it goes on for about nine, 10 minutes, live versions go even longer. It's an incredible song. I think the, the lyrics are rubbish. If I leave here tomorrow Would you still remember me? Well, I 
I've got to see If I stay here with you, girl Well, things just couldn't be the same I'm as free as bird now And this bird you'll never change oh. It's about a guy who says, if I stay with you, things couldn't be the same. I'm as free as a bird now and this bird you cannot change. The idea of a guy just dumping his girl or his wife and, and walking away and freedom being to walk away from your relationships. I don't think that's freedom. But it does remind me of a song in the Bible, Psalm 124. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We have been set free. That's the ultimate freedom. The freedom from worry, the freedom from being oppressed by this life, the freedom from being oppressed by society, the freedom from being condemned by ourselves, the freedom from being condemned by others or the devil or God. We're given real freedom in Christ and uh, for those of you who are Christians, I hope you know what that is. I hope you rejoice in that. And for uh, those of you who are not Christians, I hope that one day you will be set free. You may say, well, I'm not, I am free. No, you're not, you're not. You're bound by your sin. You're bound by your circumstances. You need that free bird, if you like. You need to be set free, not from your relationships, but free to serve the living God. Okay, I'm gonna love you and leave you. Again, apologies for the quality of my voice. Uh, I hope this has worked out okay, and we shall see you next week. Bye. I'm as free as bird now. How about you? And the bird they'll never change. Oh, and the bird cannot change. And the bird you cannot Flash.